good morning and thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I and I am your host and our topic for today is every man for himself. But before we jump into the word of God, as always, we will start by approaching the throne with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to acknowledge that you are the King of all kings, the great I am, our Lord and our Savior. We want to worship your holy name for you are worthy, almighty God, to be praised. We ask you this day, Father God, to forgive us of every sin that we have committed against you. We pour out our hearts before you, knowing that we have sinned, Father God, before you and you alone. We ask you in this moment, Father God, as you forgive us of our sins, that you grant us grace and mercy. Take us, Father God, through this podcast, teaching us your word. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Guys, once again, thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. And the topic today is every man for himself. Now, I've been going through the book of Ezekiel on my own. And when I got to Ezekiel 14, I paused for a moment and I thought it was very significant that I do a lesson from this very chapter. Now, before we go into Ezekiel, we're going to read through Ezekiel and we're going to hear about Noah, Job and and Daniel. So before I even get into it, I wanted to first of all explain why these three men are the three men that are being used as examples in this scripture. Now, according to Genesis 6 verse 9, and this is the story of Noah, and I'm only reading a very short portion here so you understand the characteristics of these men, why they're being used as examples in this story. Now, Genesis 6 9 says, These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, one who was just and had right standing with God, blameless in his evil generation. Noah walked in habitual fellowship with God. So we see here, according to Genesis 6 verse 9, Noah was a righteous man. Now we go to Job. Job, we're going to read about Job in Job 1 verse 1. It says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God with reverence and abstained from and turned away from evil because he honored God. Once again, Job, we also see, was blameless and upright before the Lord God Almighty. Now, Daniel, we're going to read from Daniel 1 verse 8, and it reads, But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's finest food or with the wine which the king drank. So he asked the commander of the officials that he might be excused that he would not defile himself. Once again, we see here, just like we saw with Job and also with Noah, Daniel was a righteous man. He refused to defile himself, even with the food that the king had presented to him. And we read further in Daniel and 
we also recognize that he refused to defile himself with the worship of any idol as well. So we see here that these three men, according to the word of God, they were righteous in the eyes of God. Now we're going to go back to reading the story from Ezekiel 14, verse 12 to 20. And so when we hear of Daniel, Noah, and Job, we understand why these men are being used as examples. And it is because they are righteous. Now, Ezekiel 14, verse 12 to 20, it says here, the word of the Lord came again to me saying, son of man, if a land sins against me by committing unfaithfulness and I stretch out my hand against it and destroy its source of bread and send famine on it and cut from it both man and animal, even these three men, Noah, Daniel and Job, even if they were in the land by their own righteousness, they could only save themselves, says the Lord. If I were to cause predatory beasts to pass through the land and they ravaged it and depopulated it of children and it became desolate so that no one would pass through because of the predators, though these three men were in the land, as I live, says the Lord God, they could not save either their sons or their daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be desolate. Or if I were to bring a sword on the land and say, let a sword go through the land and cut off man and animal from it, even though these three men were in the land as I live, says the Lord God, they could not save either their sons or their daughters, but they alone would be saved. Or if I should send a virulent disease into that land and pour out my wrath in blood on it to cut off man and animal from it, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in the land as I I live, says the Lord God. They could not save either their sons or their daughter. They would save only themselves by their righteousness. That is their right standing with God, their moral and spiritual integrity. Now, when I first read this, I mean, it, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're really looking at it. These men, Daniel, Job, Noah, these were men who were considered righteous in the eyes of God. But we know the story of Noah, that Noah, he wasn't only able to save himself from the destruction of the flood, but he had an opportunity to save his daughters and son-in-laws. This wasn't just a one-man show. He had an opportunity to save his family. But here we see God saying, if I were to send a disease or if for any reason I was to send a sword to wipe out that land, if he did anything with a predator that would come through and destroy the entire land, even if these three men were there, their family would not be speared. It would be 
every man for himself. This simply means if Noah's children were not living a life that was righteous before the Almighty God, it did not matter how righteous Noah was. His children would be easily wiped away in the destruction. And that is the reason the topic for today is every man for himself. Now, very often, and one of the reasons I even wanted to discuss this was because it is something that I hear a lot. And I repeated it last week in last week's podcast when I said my pastor used to very often say that a lot of people do not give their lives to God because they do not know a Christian to follow that example of what it should look like when we are obedient to the word of the almighty God. Well, today I actually want to make something very clear according to our topic and according to the word of God. Every man has to answer for himself when the destruction or the devastation comes. It is not going to be you answering for the pastor that's been a hypocrite. It's not going to be you answering for your friend that has been a hypocrite or your mother or your father or anyone else for that matter. Every man will have to give an answer to the Almighty God for himself. Just like Noah and Job and Daniel are used as an example here. If the people in the surrounding area, whether they're family or their friends, it doesn't matter who it is. If their lives do not represent a life that is devoted and honoring the Almighty God, when the destruction comes, Even though these righteous men are there, the only people that will be saved are the righteous men themselves. Every other person will be wiped away in the destruction. Now listen keenly to the sound of my voice when I say this. You cannot, cannot, there is not one person on this planet that can say because you did not know a Christian that lived their life according to the word of God, this is the reason you were unable to give your life to Christ. Once you have ears to hear and you have heard what the word of God is saying, it is now your choice to be obedient to what it is that the Lord God Almighty is asking of you. You cannot begin to say because there is so much hypocrisy in the church because there is so much hypocrisy in Christianity this is the reason I decided that I would not serve God you will not answer for the hypocrisy of someone else you must and will only answer for yourself once again let us make this clear you must Answer for yourself. Do not allow the lives that other people lead to lead you astray. If for any reason there is a Christian that you know that isn't living their life according to the word of God, I encourage you, as I think I do in almost every podcast, be that Christian that shows even that very person the way that they ought to live according to the word of God. Do not let it be that they have caused you to fall astray because you do not know what the outcome of their relationship with the Almighty God will be. So every man will have to give an account for him.
self. Now we're going to read a little bit about Solomon. Before we even go into the word that is written by Solomon, we're going to read a little bit about Solomon. We're starting at 1 Kings 4, verse 29 to 30. Now God gave Solomon exceptional wisdom and very great discernment and breadth of mind, like the sand of the seashore. Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east and the wisdom of of Egypt. So already we see here, we know Solomon to be the wisest man according to the word of God. And so often I hear people say, oh, you know, I want to be like Solomon. And typically this is men that are saying this, right? But And then they, they continue the story and they say, when you look at Solomon, Solomon had so many wives and so many concubines. And, and according to the word of God, he was the wisest man. Well, I'm here today to just dispel that for someone, okay? So he was the wisest man, and we know that according to the word of God. But though he was the wisest man, he made some very stupid decisions. And these were the decisions that caused him to fall from grace with the Almighty God. So do not be fooled, guys. He was the wisest man, but he was human just like you just like myself. And therefore he fell away from God's grace because of disobedience. So yes, he was the wisest man, but he was also disobedient to the word of God. Now, first Kings 11 verse four, it reads, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not completely devoted to the Lord, his God, and was as was the heart of his father, David. Once again, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods and his heart was not completely devoted to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father, David. Now we know, according to scripture, David was a man after God's own heart, but Solomon it tells us in the scripture that Solomon loved these exotic foreign women. So he loved women. He didn't care where they came from. As long as you had a beautiful face and a nice body, Solomon was ready. You were going to be his wife or you were going to be his concubine. But he loved these women and he didn't care that they did not serve the God that he served. He went according to his eyes according to his desires and because of this he had many wives and concubines that were not following the word of the almighty god they did not serve or honor the god that solomon served first king 11 verse 9 to 11 it says so the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not follow other gods. But he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servants. So guys, we see here 
It started off with telling us just how Solomon was a, a, a wise man. He received wisdom from God for he asked for it. And he was blessed in so many other ways because he asked God for wisdom. So God gifted him with riches beyond measure along with the wisdom that he got. However, we see here from 1 Kings 11 verse 9 to 11 that God himself appeared to Solomon twice. God appeared to Solomon twice and he warned him concerning serving other gods. But Solomon, in his weakness, and this is outside of him being the wisest man, he made a stupid decision and he began to worship the gods of his wives and his concubines. He served their gods in order to serve his wife or wives. Now, I just want to stop here and make this very clear for a lot of our men that may be listening to me. A woman can make or break your home and your life. Let me tell you this. This is the reason why the word of God tells us clearly not to be unequally yoked. It is so easy for you to fall astray because of the influence of someone else. And this is the reason he encourages. God doesn't just say things just because he is God and he can. He literally loves us and he wants to see us living or best life. And he does this by giving us instructions. And the instruction clearly said even to Solomon that he should not serve any other God. Now, this was not just a word for Solomon, but this has been a word for all of us for it is a commandment. But Solomon, because of his love for these women, turned away from the almighty God and started worshiping other gods. And God said to him, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statues, which I have commanded you, I will certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Yes, guys, we are each uniquely created and God has a plan for each and every single one of us. And you are special in God's eyes. But the problem very often becomes when we think of ourselves as so special that we are above God himself or his word. The word of God is true and it will stand the test of time. So the moment you start thinking that you are special enough, that you have become greater than the word of God, this is where you fall prey to that trap of deception and where it is so easy for you to walk away from the almighty God or to turn your back on his statues or his decrees. Now, Ecclesiastes 11 and 9, this is written by Solomon. Now that we have a backdrop of Solomon, we're going to go ahead and read Ecclesiastes 11 and 9. It says, Rejoice, young man, in your childhood. Let your heart be pleasant in the days of your young manhood. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the desires of your eyes. But, but, And when I first read this and I read just that first part, I was like, Solomon, what are you talking about? He says, walk in the ways of your heart and the desires of your eyes. And when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, what? Walk in the desire of your eyes. But then I also recognized something. Solomon walked according to those desires. He did. This is why he had so many wives and concubines because he was going based on his eyes, on his visual sense, what he could see 
But the beauty of the scripture is he doesn't stop there. He says, but praise God for the but, because I literally, I was like, I can't even read the scripture. But then it said, but, but no, that God will bring you into judgment for all these things. So once again, walk in the ways of your heart and the desires of your eyes, but know that God will bring you into judgment for all these things. Now, there is a difference in what you can do and what you should do. If we're reading this scripture here and we are breaking it apart, it is very easy, as we have seen, that Solomon could pick any woman he pleased. And he certainly did. You were exotic. You were beautiful. It didn't matter what it was. If once there was something appeasing to Solomon about this woman, he would take her as his wife or his concubine. He could do that. However, he should not have done that. So once again, there is a difference between what you could do and what you should do. You could decide to serve other gods. However, you should not because the word of God has asked us not to, and we are to obey his commandments. You could live your life however you please and live in sin and enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. However, you should not because the word of God has asked you to be obedient to his word and to turn away from your wicked evil ways. So once again, guys, this is exactly what Solomon is saying. You can do it, but you should not because every man has to answer for your own actions. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 to 14, once again, written by Solomon says, when all has been heard, the end of the matter is fear God, Worship him with awe-filled reverence, knowing that he is almighty God. Keep his commandments, for this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, every hidden and secret thing, whether it is good or evil. Once again, guys, every man for himself. Understand that God will bring every act into judgment for everything that you have done in secret or is hidden from man. God sees all things, whether it is good or evil, and he will judge accordingly. Romans 14 verse 12 says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God, every man for himself. Do not wait for someone to be the exception and lead you to Christ. You are already uniquely created and you can be the very exception that you are looking for. My word of encouragement to you today is to remember that everything that you do, every thought that you think, every word that proceeds from your mouth, you must give an account for yourself and no one else. And on the day of judgment, it will be 
every man for himself. So live your life according to the word of the almighty God, not because someone else has said so, or someone else has does it, or someone else has done it. Don't ask me where that English just came from, but it came out and we're not deleting it. So you're going to live your life according to the word of God because of your relationship with God as your personal savior and understanding that you will answer for yourself on the day of judgment. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to worship and adore you. We want to thank you, Father God, that your word tells us exactly how it is that we, as your children, are to come before you, Father God. How it is that we are to reverence your holy name. We ask you, Father God, for a brother or sister that may be struggling right now to live their life according to your word, that you would continue to give them wisdom, understanding, insight into your word, almighty God, that you would cleanse our hearts, their hearts from all impurities, that we may live a life that is upright before you, Father God. We ask you now, Father God, to cover us in your blood and with your presence. We thank you that you are a God who answers suddenly, Father God. And so you have the ability to change even the heart of the one who is desperate for you right now, Lord God. Help them, Lord Jesus, to rid themselves of everything that holds them back from you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. Guys, thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. This is Tony with an I and I will see you next week, Tuesday at 9am. Bye.